This isn't a little bike either, by the way. It's got like a 32 and a something inch seat height. Like it's pretty tall. My my wife can't sit on it. Uh, I was her feet. I mean, she can sit on it, but her feet doesn't touch the ground. She's on her tiptoes. Uh, by the way, I'm getting both of now that I have this bike again. I'm getting both my wife and her friend are looking at motorcycles now. So maybe we get a couple more around. Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how are you? Oh, I, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited today. We have Ryan joining us. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was given a, a motorcycle 101 class yesterday. They are looking at motorcycles, but not necessarily that motorcycle I hear. No, they hate this bike. They don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's they just don't like the way it looks at all. It's, are the, we talking like scooters or mopeds? No, no, no. My wife is looking at a, a Kawasaki W800. Like a cafe, kind of like Addison's old uh, Triumph. Yeah, a real bike. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it only needs 800 cc's to make 45 horsepower or whatever, right? So, but again, that's what I'm saying. You got 300 cc's, you're making 40 horsepower. You're two thirds of the way to a Harley, and they've got four or five times the displacement. It's it's not a weak bike. It's got enough power to do what most people need to do every day. And I think that people overbuy um, for the same reason that people drive uh, trucks with 44-inch tires on them that only ever drive them to the mall. You know, like tires did you say you put on your uh, Xterra? 34. Oh, okay. 34. So talking about you. Okay. I I stepped up my tire size one inch because it's an Xterra, and the tires that come on it are too small. So you're going to be riding it only. I'm just, I'm just pointing this out. I'm just saying. Okay. No, the Xterra goes off road. I take that thing place. I'm building a trailer, a camping trailer in the garage right now. Like with the old Xterra tires. It's another reason I bought bigger tires for the Xterra because I'm using the tires on it to make the off road trailer. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where's the Impala? The Impala's still in the garage. Okay. I'm just making. Yeah. No, no. My garage is full of stuff. Is the Impala done? Are we going to see it this year? No, it's not done. Hey, we're going to see it hey, in the Brad, curtain, though. This is a motorcycle podcast. Get over <laughs> your Leave me alone. You, you haven't even hardly talked, Addison. I'm talking to Ryan. He wants to talk. He said he could talk for hours. I'm talking to him. I'm sure our listeners are loving the interruptions, too, Brad. Yeah. Come on, Brad. Get yourself together. Come on, Brad. What's going on, this guy? Is an Impala <laughs> motorcycle? What's going on? But no. Uh, so yeah, uh, the the other girl, uh, Taylor is her name, um, my wife's friend. She's looking at, uh, so she comes to me and I, I say, what are you looking at? And she says, a Ninja 400 is what she sends me right off the bat. And I said, it's not a bad choice, but maybe consider these other things. Basically everything I'm talking to you about, right? Like, And so I'm basically directing her to look at something, the Scrambler-ish, you know, and 
after after a little bit of education about the, the types of terrain and stuff that you can drive on with those and uh, the the types of Instagram pictures that you can take equally with a, a scrambler that you can with uh, a crotch rocket, uh, the appeal set in. And it really wasn't that difficult to steer them towards something that you can sit up on like a bicycle vertically and not, you know, bend over at a 30 degree angle to your legs. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I got to stop right now. It seems like they're making a decision to buy a motorcycle based on your comments so far for Instagram posts. Is that is that a fair assumption? It's not really about the riding experience. It's about how they look on the bike as well as what the bike looks like in the backgrounds that they can park it in. That's probably mostly accurate, yes. Okay. Uh, You got to do it for the gram. (laughs) Yeah, you got to do it for the gram. No, I, I don't do that. By the way, that's not my thing. But uh, you know, that's so defensive. No, I'm just saying. I literally don't do that. I don't I do social media. You did, Ryan. But I'm worrying about you now. But the uh, no, I mean uh, clearly, like I don't like women are repulsed by my motorcycle. Like they don't like it. It's it's not an attractive bike. It's a bike that makes sense. It's are they practical. To do this to rub it in. It sounds like that's more or less what's really going on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, no, sorry. I, I'm sorry that that you're in that position. I feel for you. I feel yeah. I like the way I like the way it looks. I I know there's other people that like the way it looks. So I mean, yeah, and one of the best uh, best selling points I've heard: only buy this bike if you're already married, because women are repulsed by it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they're repulsed by. Be a benefit if your wife is repulsed by it. They don't. They don't want it personally, you know. That's what I'm saying. But when you so any bike, let, let's just let's just pull this one feature out from this motorcycle that uh, repulses people generally. Like no one actually wants this look on their bike, but it's wonderful, and that's the windscreen. How great are those? Have you ever had a large windscreen? I don't yeah, know. I hated I it. This for Addison. What do you mean you hated it? Uh, it's always 100 degrees behind that windscreen in the summertime. Well, that's why you get a smaller one for the summer. But when it's well, raining outside, if you can go 60 miles an hour, you can do 60 miles an hour through a hurricane and get to where you're going and be dry. You know, Or I could just have good gear and go 60 miles through a hurricane on any bike ever Yeah, you, still get out you dry. Could spend, you could spend 20 minutes every morning uh, at the start of finishing every ride, putting gear on. Well, you should or do that you... anyway, really, for your own safety. Well, I do. I don't ride without my jacket. I don't. And I always have my helmet okay, on. A jacket and shorts is not a good setup, Ryan. Uh, minimum jeans. Minimum jeans and CE armor jacket. I always do. And you guys know that. You've never seen me ride. You know I have a high-vis jacket with CE armor in it. I've got two of them. I've got a summer one, again, because practical. I've got a, a summer mesh jacket that's high vis with CE armor in it, and I've got a, a normal me- or textile jacket with CE armor in it that's also high vis, and my helmet is high vis because the, I, I've, high vis is real. I used to have all black gear on on a sort of subdued orange colored copper colored SV, and I don't know how many people uh, I have. W- I have 10% of the accidental uh, collisions with cars now that all my stuff is high-vis. 
uh, when all my gear was You're black. Still hitting cars? Why are you no. getting motor vehicle accidents? People are trying to hit me. And and some of that too, you know. Of course, some of that. The the older I get, the more miles I get in the seat. Like you're gonna get better at avoiding that stuff, right? So, uh, some of uh, I changed two things. You know, I got more experience and I got high vis. So I can't contribute it entirely to high vis, but it, I'm I guarantee it makes a difference. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that comment. That I think a lot of that comes from experience knowing where to be in the lane we've talked about that in a previous episode too that you gain a lot of safety just by putting time on the seat yeah putting time in the seat uh you know if i i tend towards driving at people like i put myself in the way of danger so that they can see me i think that's actually safer is what i've learned to to be in people's line of sight which is typically closer to them so you have less time to react if they make a mistake but you're less likely to be in a bad event like to begin with because they know you're there i like to look at people through their side mirror into their eyes and know that they see me like but those are just there's a hundred things that you could you could just rattle on about things that you can do to keep yourself from getting attacked by other people because that's all it is. You're just you're you're out there just under attack at all times, right? You're just this little thing amongst giants, and yeah, you you just learn how to ride and you stop getting hit. Fair enough. So, yeah. how many miles now do you have on the versus? Uh, twelve hundred or something. I just got it like I don't know what three weeks ago, something like that. Okay, so that's a good amount of miles. Yeah. Yeah, it's. So what's the fair, maintenance fair bike on this bike? I mean, so have you already had to do the the first maintenance on the bike? Oh yeah, it was nothing really. Like an oil change, check everything over, uh, check all the bolts. I mean, I will say it's there's a lot of fairings on it. I mean, it's got the same amount of fairings as any other bike, but you you do have to take off a lot of plastic pretty much to do anything. So and it's like it's all kind of like one piece layered on top of the other all the way around the bike. So you end up taking off most of the plastic every time you try to do anything to the motorcycle. And at some of the times it's not been maintenance. Like I've taken off the plastic because I, the fenders are ridiculous. Uh, the first thing any bike I get, I get rid of the fender and I put one of the tidy tail kits on it. Right. So I immediately, that was the first thing I did was throw the fender away and put a tidy tail kit on it. So I took off all the plastic to do that. And, um, but yeah, the the maintenance aside, that the oil change is super easy. It's got like uh, a almost what you'd call like a faux bash plate on it, right? It's made out of very sturdy plastic. I think the thing would take a pretty good hit, <laughs> but it's it's a two piece uh, bash plate with the exhaust running down the middle of it unprotected, right? So it's very very fake. It, it'll <laughs> stop some things, but not all things. It needs additional metal to cover that exhaust, but. Yeah, they're fine. You know, they come off with a, a Allen heads everywhere. I hate Allen heads. I don't know why any motorcycle still comes with an Allen head. How many how many stripped out screws do you need in the world before people learn that torques exist? Like, why don't they just use torques on these bikes to start with and give everybody torques drivers instead of Allen heads? Automotive's figured it out, um, but Allen heads are horrible. So that might be the next thing I do. That might be my next upgrade is just to go through this bike, take all the hardware out and replace it with Torx. 
But I did. Man. I I bought a five year warranty with the thing too. I bought the Kawasaki Protection Plus plan because it was a deal. It was four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's fair. And you know it, it it ups the resale too. Once you start getting into two three years owning the bike, your ability to sell it with that. Yeah, I mean, as well. if I ride this for three years and decide, you know, maybe I did need that 650. Or maybe I do want a, a 1200 GS or something, you know, like, who knows? But at that point, three years from now, I'll say, you don't have to trust me because there's two years of warranty left on this. Like, it's not going to explode. And if it does, you're good for at least two years. Right. Because you, you never know how well the guy before you took care of the bike, right? And if it's got a warranty, you're covered. So that's exactly what I thought. If nothing else, I think $400 was the increase in resale value that I'll get from it. So I did get that. And that was the selling point. That was one of the reasons I bought a new bike. Like, so that I, that's, that's another decision on this bike is that I wasn't going to spend a lot of money on it. I was, I was trying to spend about not more than $6,000 my going in budget. Everybody's got a budget on whatever they're buying. Well, some sure, people, absolutely. some people don't, but yeah, if $6,000 is the range that you're looking to buy, I could have bought a lot of bike with $6,000. Yeah. You could have, I could have bought a big GS, you know, with 28,000 miles on it and uh, 20 years old. And that's not beyond me. I could have done that, but this thing I wanted to get me to work. So uh, that's that's one of the things I needed to do. I needed to get me work reliably, and if it breaks, I want it to get fixed. And I'll maintain it between now and then. I'll change the oil and keep the screws tight. You know, uh, lube the chain, keep it clean, change pads when are they go bad. It, are you going to keep it Addison clean? No, no. Well, come on, man. No, <laughs> no. I I just just keep it clean enough because I chain maintenance sucks. You know, it's not fun. And it's dirty and gross and the cleaner smells and it makes mess on the floor. Like I I don't know if I'd rather have a belt or not, but it sounds pretty appealing. A drive shaft sounds amazing. Uh I'd really love to have a drive shaft. But chains are chains look cool. It's kinda to me it's kinda not really a motorcycle without a chain, you know? Like and I'm not saying I wouldn't buy a bike with a drive shaft on it. I'm just saying chains are cool. I guess, you know, I don't know what else to say about that, but yeah, yeah. Edison loves his chains. He had to have a chain bike and then he bought a, a gladiator build and he's got these other bikes that are all shaft driven. And I, I don't know what he's doing. This, yeah. This, I had to go back to the chain. It's all about the chain. Yeah, well, you still uh, have the gladiator. It's, a chain. it's not a chain anyway. Oh, you just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what it is about the chain, but the I don't know. There's I something can understand associated that. with I, the chain. I can I can relate with you on that. That's a good point. It's funny too, you know. I just realized you're thinking about like even Harley guys. Like you see these tough Harley guys at the at biker bars and stuff. They got uh they got chains for bracelets and stuff, motorcycle chains, and their belts their their belts are in the parking lot. You know, I I don't know. There's a Harley that comes with without a belt drive on it anymore. Uh, maybe a sportster or something, but they have a I, couple of chain drive. And if you look at a lot of the customs from, from uh, you know, custom builds and whatnot, they often go to chain drive, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, because because it's vintage, I guess, right? And vintage is really cool, especially nowadays. Uh, everybody loves vintage stuff. I think that's why so many scramblers are out there right now. It's cool to be a hipster, and hipsters don't have belts, nor do they have drive shafts. So. 
you want to be a hipster with a motorcycle, you need a chain. That's just a rule. Unless um, it's an old BMW. You can go with a drive shaft then. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you could get away with it, or if it's English or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. What what else about this bike? The fuel tank's four and a half gallons. That was... That's necessary to me. I like having a decent-sized fuel tank. I don't like getting gas every day. So right. When just, you do go in, it's still very cheap. So what are you, are you going and doing non-ethanol? Are you, what, are you, how, what are you filling it with? No, I just go to Chevron. Uh, I like Chevron fuel, and I get <laughs> – Chevron's got Tecron in it. It's real. You've got like, no lack of opinions, Ryan. Well, no. Chevron, it's the way to go. I, the reason I buy Chevron is because Chevy, uh, the, the Vortec motors had a problem with their fuel injection systems. They have spider injectors. Anybody that's ever owned a Vortec Chevy knows the spider injector issue. They get all gummed up and they shut. And so then they're not injectors anymore. They're just uh, plugs. And so then you don't, your car doesn't run anymore. So what they did, they actually have a Chevy part number for the Tecron additive. And that is how you fix the spider injector. Either that or you replace it. So, yes, GM has a part number for Chevron with Tecron to fix fuel injection issues. That is enough of a scientific study for me to say that Chevron gas has something special in it. You know, So that's what I prefer to buy is Chevron gas, and I just buy the highest octane they have. You know, every time I talk about anything other than a motorcycle, Addison immediately shuts me down. And he let you ramble for like five minutes on that. It was hey, that was at least motorcycle adjacent. Yeah, I'll give yeah. him that. Oh, but was I, I was thinking about this. You know, we have whenever we've got Bell on, it, it's always promo Bell, but maybe it's just a promo Ryan thing. What are you talking about? I, it might very well be that that's the case. I mean, every Ryan we have on to the show. And Kawasaki's hate on Honda. Got to get your fuel here. Okay, that's it. Man, a lot of commercials coming from the Ryans. I'll say that much. It's commercials. Which other Ryan? You know Bell. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah. You said Bell and not Ryan. I wasn't sure what was going on. So, yeah. No, I got you. Well, his name on the show is Promo Bell because everything's Bell. a promotion. Oh, I can see but that. Maybe it's, it's just a Ryan sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nonetheless. No, we, we all like to talk. We, uh, that's fair. Well, that's what we love it when you come on. I mean, yeah, but I have heard through the grapevine, aka you, that that although you got the perfect bike for you, and quite frankly, the perfect subsequent bike for our conversation last week kind of a beginner, maybe not beginner, but a commuter bike, yeah. Um, that uh, that although it was the best bike, your experience in buying it may not have been uh, top notch. No, it was miserable. So I went in there and I have no, I, my credit is great. Like I could have bought it with cash if I wanted to, right? There, so this was going to be the easiest sale in the world. I yeah. literally walk into this place. Bragging. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, it's yeah. fine. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't have any issues here. <laughs> like I, I, there was nothing, there was no, n nothing to climb. There were no issues. There were no problems. You don't need to call 15 different banks to get me credited. Like, just give me this motorcycle. I just want it. I just want to leave with it. So I, I don't need to be sold. I walk into this guy's office and I say, I want that one. Sell it to me, right? 
I, I'm not asking him to walk around with me and tell me about bikes. I'm saying, give me this motorcycle right now for this much money, and I'll buy it now. Sure. And I did half your job. Now let's do the deal. As yeah. In both cases, the consumer is very educated and more educated in many ways, more so than the uh, salesperson. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, because there's, there's 150 different bikes there at this place, and this is the one that I'm looking at. So, yeah, you're right. I probably knew more about it than he did, and he knows that. So it's fine. But yeah, so so I get the bike financed. I mean, I've got the loan completed. I've got insurance on the bike, like with the VIN number and everything. I've gone and got lunch. I've gone and got lunch. I got bored. I went and got a Starbucks coffee and some ibuprofen because I've got a headache because I've been sitting in this guy's uh, sales room for so long. And this is at, th- at this point, at, after all of that, um, and my wife has long got bored and gone home, you know? So I, it was, it was to the point where I brought my helmet and jacket with me the first time I've ever been with this place. This is, this is how easy it was to give me this bike. I'm dumb enough to walk in with my bike and jacket saying, literally, I'm buying this without any contest at all, you know, just give it to me. And in all of that time, uh, they had not yet moved the bike to put a battery in it, to wash it. So, so nothing, you know, they, they haven't looked at it in all the time that I had to eat and, and get bored. So, okay, and, so That's what you were waiting on. Is that what, what the delay was, is that they needed to prepare the bike? I'm trying to understand. You said that you had to do the financing. There's a certain a time associated with all of that correspondence and paperwork exchanges and such. But you're saying that all of that was already done. That took an hour. All we needed to do was put a battery in it and clean the bike and hand it to you. And when I say clean the bike, I mean they take like a garden sprayer full of, of bike soap. They spray it down and then they pressure wash it. So that that takes 30 seconds. You know, that's okay. what cleaning the bike means. I'm not talking about detail. And then they put a battery in it. Because it's a 2019. If the battery was in it since 2019, it would have long been dead. You know, right. so they have to. All it needed was a battery. So I I waited around and I waited there until close, until like it was. They're literally rolling bikes back into the showroom. I've been there so long, and I got there at like 10:30. So I had sat there for what is that? Seven and a half hours it took to get me on this thing and going home, and I had. Wow. I had paid them by lunch. You know, okay. that's so you weren't you weren't pushing at all. You didn't remind them. No, I was I was sitting at his desk looking at him in the face. <laughs> I was like this was normal. I'm yeah, it's just normal. It's just I wasn't the only one. There was other people sitting in there. They had they must have had. I mean, between like, I don't know what you call them, front of house people, like people that are selling jackets and stuff. Hmm. They had that must have been. Total, this place probably had 12 employees in it. They had one mechanic. One. So the, you the guy... Say, you can't hand me the battery and a tool. I'll put it in and then I'll leave. Well, I thought they you were going to do more than that. And I'll buy a tool and I will install the battery myself. I don't need tools. All, all I needed for to put a battery in is a key and a screwdriver. You know, like, that's it. But... Um, no, it was, I think I'm thinking they're going to fill this thing with fuel for me. They're going to look it over. They're going to test drive it. No, they didn't do any of that. All they did was put a battery in it, give it to me with empty fuel. I mean, empty. 
there was a splash of fuel in the tank. I was worried about getting to the gas station around the corner. Like it was, the light was on and it takes a lot to put the light on. Like you're, you're well into empty before the light comes on. And I'm just like, this is so stupid. And I was just, they better have made you an amazing deal on that bike. It was a really good deal. Yeah. I mean, because it was a year old, they took something like $1,100 off the price. Like the, the price was fantastic. And I, I won't call out names on either event just because I'll probably go back anyway because the price was so good. But, uh, the, there's some other guys that I know in Vancouver that you probably know who I'm talking about. They have the worst prices I've ever seen and fantastic <laughs> service. I cannot believe the prices. They had a Ninja 400 in their showroom for over $7,000. Dang. That's, that's highway robbery. If someone is dumb enough to pay that, I don't, and that's, that's pre all the fees and everything. You know, some, some sap is walking out of there paying Washington state tax, tags and title, all that. And then the, you know, the, the boat fees or whatever they call it for being an import, they're, they're getting a Ninja 400 for $8,500. Like, you know, so, okay, it was cheap and I got what I paid for, I guess, but I would have loved for them to do better and be cheap. They didn't. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I, and I don't, you financed it, but if I would have bought paid cash, I want to walk out with it right now. I'm just saying, right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, either way, if I would have, if all you're going to do is put a battery in it, give me the battery and I'll do it myself. And I don't care about it washing, being washed. It doesn't matter. It's probably not even that dirty. Yeah, it was it was a good five, six hours from the time I signed the financing contract and it was done and approved uh, to the time that I rode away on the bike. That's what I'm, And I, I just watched it like eventually someone did pull it out of the, the line for sale. You know, they, they pulled it into the back and parked it outside of the mechanics bay. And there it sat for the rest of the day for like six hours. And I just I would walk out there because what else do you do at a shop? You You just walk around and look at all the other bikes. Uh, while you're waiting and yeah so I just sat there I, I eventually I did I had time I went and got a beer uh, I had a beer talked to some guy that was a veteran I bought his beer and I, I went back sat for longer um, I mean I, I literally saw everything there was to see in a mile radius of this place that's how long it took like I met people I made friends I, I had I had a beer I had lunch I had a Starbucks all I mean, this. Some people are hearing all of those like highlights right there, and they're thinking that this was actually an awesome experience, probably. Yeah, I, yeah, I assume no. they covered the cost of all these things for you. No, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I mean, no, yeah, like I mean, I made the best out of it that I could. Yeah, and I did. I spent you know a couple hours looking at a bunch of cool motorcycles too, right? Really close without people trying to sell me anything because I already bought something. Right. So no, I understand. I mean, that that that's kind of. I, I hear you. I'll go to the I'll go to the shop just to look at motorcycles for fun. But after a couple hours, to your point, it, it it's gotten old. And yeah. if I were have already put money down, I, I agree. I'd be I'd be done by then too. And you just bought a new motorcycle. You know, you want to ride it. You like. You let me get you on this thing. One of these bikes at all before you bought it? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, but it it was uh I knew what I wanted, um so I wasn't surprised by it and. I, like I, it's it revs that that is the one surprise I'll say it's not a surprise but it's it's something you need to adjust to, and it's something that I'm not used to because my my other bikes that were my 
primary methods of learning about motorcycles were larger displacement twins and singles, you know? Uh, so they don't rev, they don't have 15,000 RPM red lines. I know that was um, something that Addison had to adjust with, uh, or adjust to on the Stripple as well. Just feeling like you're going to let it explode because it's really revving out, but having plenty of room before red line. Yeah. But in it, it becomes normal. It really does. Like eventually it feels okay, but at first it doesn't feel okay. And I can see anybody who's going from something that red lines at 5,000 RPM to getting on this bike and thinking there's something wrong with it. Like I, I would understand that if someone said, I don't want this bike because it revs that high, I would say, yeah, I get it. It's fine. But yeah, it's fine with me. I actually have grown to enjoy it. Um, being that high up in the revs because the power's there when you need it. So when you're on the highway and you're, you know, the peak power band and that thing's uh, 11,500 RPM is when the peak horsepower is. So, I mean, you're not up in the, uh, in the good stuff until you're up past 8,000 RPM anyway. So instead of chugging about, like you're, you're sitting there ready to go. So it, it does have its ups and downs. Can you, have you done a wheelie on it yet? I have. I've done uh, a wheelie in most of the gears, at least in the lower ones. Uh, I, I do like, it's got this weird clutch on it. It's called a, a slipper and an assist clutch. So it's got like some sort of tooth mechanism that engages in and out while you're, uh, so it's kind of like track control mechanically. So if you make a mistake, with the clutch like your rear tire doesn't lock up and it also kind of engages really well with the assist i guess this is the other the other side of it's the slipper and this the engagement's the assist so it's a really really easy bike to shift and i kind of feel like a professional on it and it's great like even though i'm not like i'm not that guy i've got i've got a, a good amount of miles in the seat i don't know if i had to add them up i'm guessing 20 30,000 miles of motorcycle time but i'm not i'm not a track guy or anything so i don't i don't know what i'm doing like that well you know like i'm a i'm a good motorcycle rider but not an expert and this bike makes me feel like i'm an expert like it's just that that clutch is so easy to use i can just you can literally just ring the throttle out and squeeze squeeze the clutch in and shift it and just don't do anything else you don't even have to move your right hand just just hold it down and shift and it'll just, I mean, one, two, three lifting the front wheel the whole way. And it's not going, it's not, it's not got enough power to put you over the handlebars. So at least not easily, if you did something wrong or you, you know, you lift it up or intentionally tried to stand it up on one wheel, like, and go over, you could, but you'd have to try really hard. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's super practical, super easy to ride. I don't have to think too much. It's there. There's different bikes for different things. This bike isn't, isn't for everybody. It's not, it's not for me every day. You know, like there might be that day when I wake up and just wish that I had a Jixxer 1000 to go out and get stupid on for a minute. Right. But that is not every day. And I know that this, this bike is for me most days. And I think that's, that's what I'm getting used to is, is you got to pick what's right for you most often. Because nothing's right for you every day. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. I mean, if you know what you're looking for and you're using the bike for what it is, then 
you know, you, if you're expecting to get, yeah, a leader bike out of it, you're going to be disappointed most days. But if you know what you got, and that's what you're looking for, at least from a commuting standpoint, I mean, even if you got another project, right, this is the practical commuter bike. So you could have a project that you only ran when it was time to have fun or do whatever specific task, you know, that project would have. So I, I think it is a good, uh, good little starter bike. I'm excited for you, man. Welcome back to the community. Yeah, thank you. I'm enjoying it. So. Yeah, and you talk about a leader bike, by the way. Just well, a little tangent about another bike. Uh, I was, I was driving home the other day on the back roads. You'd be proud. I was on the back roads, the same one that I had to turn away from the other day. But <laughs> holy crap, this bike came out of nowhere. I had no idea what it was, and I had to Google it when I got home because there's this dude, every bit of 300 pounds on this motorcycle, and he is wearing a leather vest with no shirt underneath it. And it's an, a, a hand-painted eagle on his black leather vest as this 300-pound guy with no shirt on. So now you've got the full picture of the rider. And, he, and he's got the little skullcap Harley helmet on, but it's not a Harley. And, it, and it's, got a, it's got four exhaust pipes coming out of the side of it. So it's like a header. It's like, it's like a small block Chevy, but only half of it, right? So it's a Triumph. And I'm like, whatever this thing is. So it just so happens that I pull up right behind this guy at the stop sign, and then an R1 pulls up behind me. So what, whatever stars align for that to happen. And we're all at the stop sign at the same time. And this 300-pound guy disappears at the pull of his throttle. I have no idea what jet engine was inside of that bike, but it was gone. And the R1 took off by me. Like I was just in awe. The R1 took off by me trying to check to catch him and could not. It was so I looked up this bike. I, I caught up with him because I had to see what it was. It was a, I guess it's called a rocket, a triumph rocket. Have you seen this yeah. thing? Oh, the new rocket three is awesome, man. Holy crap. What is it? Something 200 horsepower or something like that? I don't think it's quite that. I think it's 150 at the wheel. I don't know. It was gone. It had a huge tire on the back of it, and the thing was, it it walked away from that R1. <laughs> Is it not insane? I thought it was. I thought it was a ridiculous amount of horsepower when I looked it up. So I wonder, was it the new one or was it the old rocket? Oh, that's a good point. Did it have the more? Uh, it's so it wasn't 200 horsepower. I the the 200 number I was remembering is its displacement. It's a it's a 2300 cc bike yeah no 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 Two but point. What, what what version was it was it the rocket three of the past did it look like a sport bike or did it look like a cruiser it looked like both is the rocket three yeah it's probably the it new was. one then yeah yeah that thing was insane though i mean it was yeah it's, I, it's like 140 horses 150 something foot pounds of torque and yeah, 2.4 liter. It's a three cylinder. I just Googled it. 164 horsepower. There you go. At 6,000 RPM. Re- regardless, the thing walked away. I mean, that's still three Harley Davidsons. Oh, that thing is a beast. Yeah, it was crazy fast. And like when I got, so when I caught up to these guys, the, the guy on the R1 had a modular helmet and he flipped it up over his face and he looked at the guy and goes, what the hell is that thing? Like, I heard him say it. He was yelling at this guy, and the guy on the Triumph was just laughing hysterically because he, he loved it, you know? He was just eating it up. He thought it was hilarious that he just walked away from this, like, ridiculous street bike. 
and he was huge like that. I mean, that guy weighs as much as my bike did, you know, and he still got away from us. It was crazy. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Sounds like that's your next bike. Yeah, that's super practical at $25,000 or whatever it is. But yeah, no, it was a good time. But yeah, at that point, um, when the 2300cc Triumph uh, is is leaving me in in like a state of awe, I did wish that I had more displacement at that very moment in time. You know, like, and at that point, the bike was not the bike for me, right? So that's what I'm saying is like, you can't have it all. You, you can't have 70 miles a gallon and 175 horsepower and a 200 tire in the back so and are you a drive shaft that you're not on a new bike honeymoon right now that's what? my concern right now is that you've only had the bike for three three weeks you put on the 1200 miles you're riding it hard it's seeming good you might even make it through this season and you're saying that it's good enough but is it i mean or is it just the fact that you didn't have a motorcycle for a long time and now you have one Oh no. I mean, I, I know what a bike is. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've had enough, I've put enough miles on them, ridden other people's. Like I I know what it is. And I I think if you're the guy who rides like most people, I'm not the person and neither are you guys. Like I, I see your bikes out front of that building every day. You know, like when your guys' bikes are up, the bikes are there. I, I ride in the snow. You know, I, I've rid, I rode that DR in with my feet down skidding on ice. So, like, if you're going to drive it every day, something practical makes sense. But most people don't. If you're the kind of person that's just buying a bike to drive it in the sun uh, five days a year, that's, that's why you get, you know, 2003s with 3,000 miles on them. That's super common in motorcycles. Like, it's very, very common to find bikes that are 20 years old with under 5,000 miles on them. I put 1,200 on. I, I've So that means that I put, you know, four years worth of miles on my bike in a month. So Yeah, I mean, that, I got that 09 with 12,000 miles. I'm already at 17,000 in six months. As it should be. But, uh, you know, some people aren't like that. And it's not, if that's what you do, if that's what it is for you, if it's just something that's fun. And you don't want to ride it every day if it's not a commuter. If you're only going to ride it five times a year, then uh, S1000RR might be your thing, you know? That's fantastic for that. And and if you've got endless amounts of money as well, right? So there is that lever, you know, the, the cost thing. Like if you want to pay enough money, you might be able to get all these things. But there's always trade-offs is all I'm saying. That's uh, kind of... I think a lot of the community we talk to, we're, we're often talking about that, that you want to get the most you can for, uh, for your money, right? You don't need to be buying the, uh, you know, the H2. You don't need something insane for $50,000, $60,000. Yeah. No, I mean, and you, you could get a lot for that, I'm sure. And it's some, sometimes it might even be too much. So I don't know. I, like, I love the big GSs. I want one of them. Like I would love to have one. They just look, they look so tough. It just looks like a tank or something, right? You know, there's something appealing about them to everyone. I mean, they're, they're probably one of the, the highest selling motorcycles of all time at this point. 
thanks a lot to you and McGregor, I'd imagine, but uh, <laughs> they're they're just they just look so tough and beefy and they look like they'll go anywhere but again that thing weighs i'm sure with bags and stuff on it they probably get over 600 pounds um but I, i've heard people say they're surprisingly light for as big and powerful as they are so but i can't afford a new one of those you know like i could afford one with with 25,000 miles on it and that's you're looking at big repair bills if one of those things goes down right like you're you're looking at the purchase price of my bike to, to fix that thing's motor if it goes out and there's no warranty there, you know? So yeah, if I had tons of money, I'd probably buy a big GS, but that's brand new. Well, but I don't, yeah. I don't have all the money. You're really happy about what you bought. Buying experience was a little rough, but I don't think that they're ever that really smooth, but who knows? Maybe somebody could uh, chime in and say a place that is just amazing. But it sounds like uh, sounds like you did something cool. You got a new bike. Uh, that's really exciting. Good to hear that you're back on the road again. Looking forward to hearing how it goes here in the next couple of months as you continue riding it. Sounds like you're going to try to ride it, uh, I'm assuming, even into the winter a little bit. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, this one I might not. Uh, I might not just ride it to make a point anymore. Like, I think I think part of that used to be me just being difficult, you know, like, there's some ice on the ground. Like I'll be the, like there was a little part of me. There was a big part of me that was just doing that so that I could be the only unreasonable motorcycle in the parking lot. <laughs> I I probably won't do that this year. One, once it gets to ice and snow, I'll probably park it for, for those days. Cold won't stop me, but if there's ice and snow on the ground, I'll, I'll probably not risk it for the sake of sanity and just practicality. But yeah, I'll ride it in the winter, and I'll ride it in the rain. Rain shouldn't stop you. So, yeah, I'm. Um, it's gonna be eleven months of the year at least. Awesome. Yeah, that's fair. I look forward to hearing more. I kind of agree with Brad that it sounds like you're happy with the bike, but not ecstatic. So, I'm looking for that update here uh, next season to see to see whether it's still you know your favorite thing in the garage or whether you're looking to upgrade to something a little bigger. But uh, I hope you prove us wrong, and it is the right bike for a long time for you. Yeah, I don't have any regret at this point. But yeah, I'm not saying I would not love to have uh, another 300 cc's. It sounds like you got a good deal, so I li- likely there won't be any regret anyway. But nonetheless, no. I, I'm curious to see uh, where you go with it, or if you end up deciding that you do want more adventure. If this kind of helps refine more of what you not what you really want not what you think you want so we'll see what happens yeah i think so we appreciate you joining us i know we've taken a ton of your time we'll probably split this into two and everybody needed to know that now at the end but uh we appreciate you uh coming on board and you are always welcome ryan uh you can join us anytime uh because obviously you love motorcycles i don't think anybody listened you started off with a little rough intro your first few sentences i wasn't sure where you were going but you you ended strong so (laughs) appreciate you joining us yeah cool it's fun but uh yeah anybody that uh, wants to uh, check out more of what we're doing check out our slacker moto web page check out our patreon page and uh we'll look for comments and everything there otherwise hope everybody has an awesome week and uh continues to keep the rubber side down and enjoy the uh, life on two wheels until next time ride on Mm -hmm.